everyone. Uh, how are we all doing? Yeah, good, hot. Scale of one to 10, how hot? 11. 11, that's very good, that's nice to know. Okay, um, my name is Michael Hobbs. I've opened it here just so I'm not sort of, otherwise I'm gonna be sort of miles away from you, which is not good, which will play havoc with your focusing. But if I come in really quickly and then really back in, you can work it out. Um, uh, so a little bit of background about me. Uh, I, I, actually, I wanted to be an academic to start off with when I was younger. Oh, everybody suddenly perks up then. Suddenly, all load of eyeline, but what? Um, yeah, I, I studied history, then uh, I was studying a master's in history. I went to America to do that, uh, and it was all going very well, and I thought it was lovely. I was uh, at UCLA, so I was in Los Angeles, and a lot of time on the beach, it was all very nice, and not very much time in lectures, and that was where the penny sort of dropped, that I was in a lecture, and I was thinking, I don't know quite what they're talking about, I haven't read that, I want to be on the beach, ping, maybe this is what I should be doing. So uh, I finished doing that and came back to the UK, and much to my parents' delight, I thought, what can I do that involves sitting around, maybe being on the beach, not doing very much, I know I'll be an actor. So I went to drama school, my parents, if you imagine, were thrilled, uh, and I was an actor for eight or nine years, uh, I enjoyed doing that, nice stuff, telly, theatre, some film, um, and then sort of took a bit of a segue at that point, quite by chance meeting, and uh, moved into television production. So I worked on some sitcoms to start off with, but then got into documentaries, or as the BBC at that point were calling it, factual entertainment, because it just sort of sounds sexy. Um, so I moved into, yeah, exactly, I moved into factual entertainment, and I, actually it was a delight, because my job, in a way, a bit like yours, talking to Pip about it, was find something that interests you, that you think is really good, find people who do that, talk to them, interview them, construct a story, find out what's going on, make a film, Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt, and then you get broadcast, all very nice. So I did that for, again, for about eight or nine years, lovely, really enjoyed doing that, and then, again, a weird segue took place, and I found myself at Hendley Business School, uh, doing an MBA, looking at leadership and strategy, uh, particularly uh, charismatic leaders. Being working in the television industry, you work with a lot of freelancers, the, the job is how can you draw the right talent to work for you when, as always, you don't really have the budget to get them to do it. So there's a number of skills which I was developing, but other people do much better. So I did a research on that. Uh, that, fortunately for me, was published, and so I sort of set off in a different route then of, of working with organizations to see how they communicate, how they can engage people, how can they engage their teams, their customers, or whatever. So it seemed at one point that what I was doing was stuff that was all very different. Uh, but with hindsight, I realized I started off looking at people in the past that were interesting, then I pretended to be interesting people, then I found it found people who were interesting now and made films about them, then I looked at the theory of what these interesting people would do in order to be interesting. So there is a kind of a link through the whole thing that ties it all together. And what I do now really is, is to bring all that together, to look at uh, what people do in terms of their behaviors, uh, their beliefs, their values, to engage others, to uh, draw them into their story, to what they're doing, their work, to get them to, to be able to demonstrate their passion, uh, to infect other people with their excitement and therefore to, to, to stimulate their work. Uh, and I work with different organizations. I work with some academics, some businesses. Um, I work to the treasury with some sort of politicians and stuff there in order just to see how it all, all those connections are made. That's me. Um, any questions on that? Sort of potted history where I am so far? Lovely, that's what we like to hear. Uh, what would be just useful for me, just before we go on, and I know you probably all kind of know each other, is just if I could just go around the room and if you just tell me your name, um, either your work, your research area, whatever, and I think what would be great is what you absolutely love about what you're doing now. The thing that really goes ping to make you jump out of bed and think, I love doing this. And we'll start here. Um, so to the, the purpose we've got a couple of hours is to see how you can engage someone 
and influence them and get them excited about your work. It's really that those first moments when you can see someone, look at the sort of questions you ask, the listening you can have in order to really build relationships that are going to be effective. You can get you can get through to them, and in the, all the people they're meeting in the day, all the stuff that's going on in their lives, you can stand out because you can be doing something that really engages people. And there are some simple skills which we can look at today, some behaviours and stuff to do that will make a difference. We'll work through uh, about an hour and a half, so looking at different bits, and then we'll have a half an hour at the end where we'll just do a bit of practice on that to see what we've assimilated, what works for you, what's been good. That all make sense. Good. To start off with, I would like you, please, to pick a balloon. Any balloon? I'm handing them around now. Let's take a balloon and blow it up. Ah, yes. The first challenge is to blow up a balloon. There we go. Uh, everybody got their balloon? Everybody sorted out? Is knots, are knots tied? Lovely. Okay. I want you to look at your balloon and this. Oh. Chris, you there. Fabulous. Um, Oh no, do you want me to have a go? Uh, nearly, 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 pull, pull. Yay, you'll pass the first test, well done. Um, so I want you to look at your balloon, and I want you to decide what it is about your balloon that you love. It's your balloon, is it the shape? Is it the size? Is it the fact that you can't put a knot in the end of it yet? Is it the color? It's the color, what is it about your balloon that you love? Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. I'm there. I'll work with you. Um, oh, you can work with pairs. We'll see. Whoever, got, whoever hasn't got a pair, that's fine. I'd like you to pair up with somebody either next to you. There'll be one person on their own because we've got an odd number. That person can work with me. Is that going to be you, Victoria? Okay, I'll work with you. Uh, so pair, 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 and I'll work with you. Um, so look at your balloon. This is your balloon. You love your balloon. You treasure your balloon. It's very important to your balloon. And you know why you love your balloon. It's either the color, the shape, the size, some memory it gives to you. But it is your balloon and you love your balloon. Now, in your pairs, I want one to be A and one to be B. Okay? Decide amongst yourselves who's A, who's B. <laughs> yeah, pair. That's fair. Lovely, yeah? You walking in a pair there? You walking in a pair. Do you two want to work together? Chris and Daniel, do you want to work together? Yeah, just decide who's A or B. That's all you're doing at the moment. Who's A or B? So now, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes, okay? A, I want A's to convince the B's that you should swap balloons. So A, you are going to convince the B's that you should swap balloons. Bearing in mind, B's love their balloons. They love everything about their balloons. They know why they love their balloons. So A's, are, and you love your balloons as well, but you want to swap. So A's, I want you to convince the B's to swap balloons. Two minutes. Is that clear? Go. Swap. <laughs> so the people that swapped, what, what, was, what was said? How did it work? Why did you swap? Well, Therese's my favorite color, so she said that first. So we swapped within about five seconds. So she, you, she, she knew that your green's your favorite color? She didn't know that. Right. But that was, that was the selling point, fortunately. Yes, you said the green's your favorite color, you want a green balloon. Yeah. So you, don't love your, you didn't love your orange balloon very much then? Not as much. Not as much as you wanted a green balloon, OK. Yeah. You swapped. Right. Translucent. Well, we had translucent from Victoria. Translucent spent a lot of time on the Victoria. That was very on the translucent. That's very good. Okay, lovely. So we've got two that swapped, the rest that didn't. Okay, swap over now. So B's are now going to convince the A's to swap balloons. So other way around. So yeah, you've got the green, you've got the green that you love now. Yeah, okay, lovely. So two minutes, off you go. Very good, okay. 
Um, so in terms of what happened there is, it's what we all tend to do when we approach somebody. We've got an idea or we've got something useful. You can sort of grab a thing, it's done, all the balloons are now done, so please display them as you would like. Um, what we tend to do is we approach people and we think, this is my balloon, this is what I've got, this is my idea, this is why you want it. And so certainly working with Victoria and the reasons you've given here uh, is that we say all the things that are great about our balloon and we bash people over the head with it. Really. I mean, it's, it's literally, and the reason I use this is because, oh, thank you, is because this is a nice image to have, is that when we've got an idea, we go to somebody and go, this is my blue balloon, you want it. They have my balloon, have my balloon, have my balloon. That's what you want, please take my balloon. This is a blue balloon, this is a really nice blue balloon, Kylie, you'll love this balloon. This sort of balloon you want, it's small, it's very nice, it's something you can take home. And what we do is we just bash people over the head with it. And when we approach people, we've done all your work, all your research, got all this information, and what you do is go at them, and with your balloon, you start bashing people over the head with it. Now, if it happens to be the tangerine uh, sunset that they're looking for, then you're going to be in luck. But as we saw in there, a couple of people changed, most of we didn't. Happened the first time here because uh, Susan managed to say green's your favorite color, and you said, oh, yes, actually, I do want a bit of green, so we'll swap. So she was lucky that she managed to find the thing that it was that you were interested in. But generally, what we're doing is we're bashing people on the head with our ideas. We're just bong, 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 bong. We keep going on in the hope that maybe I will say something that is the sort of thing the other person is looking for. But if we don't, then the conversation will go on. The person we're talking to just has this. That's what the conversation feels like. I'm just being bashed constantly. All this information is coming towards me again and again and again. So what I want to introduce here is the idea of questioning. Three sorts of questions which you can use when you're discussing your work to engage the people that you're with. Oh, rushing to write things down. Wait for a sip. I may, well, as I say, it could be useless. You never know, so don't write it down until you've heard it. Um, so the first question I want to introduce is the idea of a big picture question. So with your balloon, and we'll use the balloon just as an example to start off with, if I am, for instance, you, Melina, you've got your red balloon there, my first question, rather than like, look at my balloon, it's the right size, and it's blue, it's really nice, and it goes with your handbag, and it goes with your eyes, and it goes with your scarf as well, and you can walk down the street, and it's great. You just think, exactly, you back off, it's that's too much. If, as a big open question, a big picture question, I can say, so, Melina, what do you like about your balloon? Mm. I can see. Yeah, move in there, yes. Okay, what do you love about your balloon? Right, anything else? Um, I thought it was very rare in the world, and when I looked at it and saw the sheets, it never seemed Sort of a different one, though, isn't it? It's sort of small and a bit more squat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's the petiteness of it, the shade, so it's the color that you like. Yeah, it's nice. So it's two things. It's a nice color, it fits nicely in your palm. So in terms of finding out something about it, a big, a big picture question, an open question to start off, we'll start drawing information from you. If you are selling something, you sell something by asking rather than by telling. So think about what you ask. So the first thing, we've got a big picture question, a nice open question, I ask, and I find two key bits of information there from Lena, that she likes the color and she likes the size. So having got those from a big, big picture question to start off with, I know the color and size in terms of her balloon is important to her. So the next set of questions, or sort of questions to ask, are more detailed questions. So having done a big picture question, you move on to detailed questions. The key with the detailed question is to pick on one element. So I'll, for instance, start off with I'll pick on the color. And I'll ask some more detailed questions about the color. So you like the pink, Melina. What is it about the pink that you like? Okay, so you want maybe a slightly different shade of pink. So that pink's a nice pink, but not great. 
And you said it's um, sort of traditionally feminine. Is that is that a good or a bad thing then for you? Um, I don't think it is. Well, maybe maybe not the feminine. Maybe it resonates in some way. Right. And in what way does it resonate? So, did you have pink things when you were uh, little? Um, <laughs> just, just a plain pink. <laughs> sophisticated, that's good, no, sophisticated pink. So, sophistication is important to you then. You want sophisticated pink rather than just sort of everyday pink. Nuance. <laughs> so, nuance is important. So, from that, from asking detailed questions, I stick on the same subject, which is the colour. And a bit like going down in a lift, I just keep asking questions and stay in there. The important point of this is that there's other information coming out there, is that you just stay on the subject. You don't jump around. Just really draw out what it is. So, I know from that that pink's important. She likes a nuanced shade of pink. She's sort of the pink, the feminine side, the girly side of pink is quite important to her, although she'd probably like maybe a slightly different shade of pink. Um, something about her childhood and pink is sort of important to her, but again, she grew up with pink, but not all the same sort of pink. So lots of information about why pink and this color pink is important to her, and I stuck with the subject there. So the other subject we had about was the size. So again, more detailed questions on the size. Why is the size important for you? Why is it good for you? Okay, so that you like something yet in, in your hands? Somehow, what do you mean by that? Um, it's comfortable and it feels manageable to ask for more. Why is it comfortable? Tell me about that. Well, it, it's um, ergonomic, right? Okay, and what? Oh, in your hand, lovely. And what's the capital of Colombia? <laughs> lovely, very much. See how that suddenly jars you out. If you stick, when you start, when you're having a conversation with somebody, you're questioning, stick on the same subject, because if you start jumping about, what happens is people start getting a bit confused about where we're going. So the capital of Columbia, Bogota, well, well done, very good, I'm impressed with that. <laughs> but, but a bit of a moment of like, whoa, what's going on there? So we stick with it. So from that, I've got a lot of detail there about why she loves her balloon. I haven't even mentioned my balloon, the bit of work that I've done. I've been finding out all about her, what's important to her. So I've got about the color, the shape, size, something about her childhood, what's important to her. All that sort of information is really useful for me to think. So what I've got here is a blue balloon. What part of my blue balloon then is going to be useful for her? Is balloon to talk about here, so there's not a lot. Actually, in terms of the size, I could possibly dress the size. It's also quite a nice tactile size. This is traditionally a boy sort of color. So there's something about childhood, and you know, wouldn't it be interesting to have, having had all that growing up, maybe having something different? As you say, that is sort of a, not a very nuanced color, pink. I think this maybe has more nuance, what do you think, in the, in, in the blueness? I'm struggling here. Um, but in terms of, so what I've got is I've got a whole load of information that I've drawn out of her. So rather than the pushing thing, I've done more of the drawing. Question gives you great opportunity to draw information out of whoever you're talking to. In some of the work you'll be doing, you'll be using this sort of information anyway. But having a structure to it, knowing where you're going, you can draw it all out. So we've got the big picture, the detailed question. The third question is what I call the killer question. The killer question is the one that really sort of seals the deal. I call it a killer question because you're asking for whatever it is that you want. So for me, the killer question for me would probably would be, so what would I have to do in order to get us to swap balloons? This is a similar sort of size. It's a different color, but actually, in terms of childhood, it may have. Have you got any brothers or sisters? Have you got brothers? I do. I actually have a brother, and you're away from home. It may be nice to have a balloon that kind of reminds you <laughs> of your brother. But what would I have to do then to get you to swap balloons? That's the killer question. Killer because we're asking for the biller, for the business. And killer also, I've got a killer, because it's the one that's often most uncomfortable for us to ask. I can't tell you the number of times I work with people and they ask all the questions, but they never actually ask in the end for, so I would like to do this, can I? 
I would like to have, I would like to work with you. I'd like to present my information here. I would like to develop more with you. What do I have to do for that to happen? If I was to present my information to you, how could I do that in order to get us to work together? If I was to give you a proposal, what sort of format would you want it in in order for it to be useful for you to work with? The killer question of asking actually what the business is. So I've got all that. We built a bit of rapport. Got, I know a bit about your balloons. You've done a bit about my balloons. And then I move in. So what would I have to do to get us to swap balloons? What, what, what would you need to swap balloons? I love you, Melina. I love you when it works. <laughs> but okay, yeah, thank you very much for joining in with that. Uh, but that's how, so thinking about when you're, when you're, if you've got something, this is the first, sort of the first stage that we're looking at. When you are, because we do at the end, we'll be doing a bit of work on particular scenarios of you thinking how you can engage um, uh, stakeholders with the work that you're doing. Big picture questions, find out about them. What is it that's important to them? What is their area of work? What do they need where they work? All that sort of general stuff will give you a whole load of information that you will have a picture, obviously from the research you've already had before you've gone to see them probably, and what they need, but also just in terms of what's happening in their lives at the moment. What are they doing at the moment? What's good for them at the moment? And then from that, ask detailed question, get that information, because then you'll know, I've got my balloon. How is then my balloon going to fit into that? Because I've got all that information, and I can suddenly see a bit of a niche, rather than, I've done so much work on my balloon. You'll love my balloon. I love my balloon. My balloon's really passionate. I'm passionate about my balloon. But actually, but I don't want your balloon, really, because I don't know much about it. All, you know, it's nothing to do with me. It's a big question, detailed question, then think about moving into the killer question, which is asking, so what have I got to do? How, so I would like to work with you. How can I present my work to you? How can we move this forward? What would I have to do in order to start working here to present my work here, develop things further with you. What would I have to do? Be brave, and that's why it's a killer question, but be brave to ask that question and find out what the answer is. They may say, you know what, I don't think it's going to fit in here. We haven't got any time, we haven't got the funds. It's not the sort of thing I'm looking for. It's depressing and saddening to hear that, but at least you know. But a lot of the times why it's called a killer question is some of the people you work with won't want to give you the bad news. So they'll say, oh no, well, hmm. There's not much at the moment, but I tell you what, let, let me have some of your, Sam, let me have what, what you're doing, and um, then I'll, I'll take, take a look at it, and we can see. So you do all that work, you deliver it, and they don't really take a look at it, and you phone up, and you find out, say, oh, no, not at the moment, and so you're left stringing on without knowing it, rather than ask the killer question, is this something that you'd be interested in? Can we develop this further? Can I give you more information about this? What would I have to do for us to work together? And then find out for them what you need to do in order to engage with them. Got any questions about that? A lot of goggling, starry eyes. How's that sound? Yeah. There's gatekeepers. It's if you've got a gatekeeper, always be nice to the gatekeeper, be charming to the gatekeeper, even though they're busy keeping you out. It yeah. is a case of finding out who you can get hold yeah. of. Yeah, do some research and find somebody else. Yeah. The other thing I suggest, if you, if you have got a gatekeeper, is to phone before 9 o'clock or after 6 o'clock one day, see if anybody answers the phone, because gatekeepers tend to do 9 to 5, and so they'll come home. So there is somebody there that is blocking you in terms of getting to the people you want. Absolutely, yeah. But just in terms of if you're trying to find somebody else, looking around, if you're phoning and you keep getting the same person and they're blocking you, if you phone at a different time, you may get somebody else. So it just gets, it may not work. It depends, again, it depends on the organization then. But if you've got somebody who's blocking you, find somebody else. And if somebody's blocking you, it's just again, asking the killer question. It's saying, you know, I think this is going nowhere, but I feel there's a fit. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, so questioning, 
So the first thing is questioning. So we'll look at that. That's sort of like just a, a structure if you're thinking about the question that you're doing. I want to talk a bit about listening now. Um, who's a good listener? So you've asked a big question, you've got some detailed questions, you've maybe gone for a killer question in terms of where you're working. Obviously when you ask these questions, the next thing is about listening and hearing the answers. There's five stages of listening. The first one is ignoring. We don't know what ignoring is. That's when you can tell when somebody's ignoring you because they're often not even looking at you and they're wandering away. The next one, and you may have come across this a bit, pretending. You sort of pretend to listen. God knows we all do it as well. When people are gacking on to us sometimes, we basically go, yeah, yeah, but actually, there's nothing going in. We're pretending we're listening. We're doing all the listening acting of looking at people and doing all that, but actually, really, we're not listening at all. The next level of listening is selective. And what's useful about these five things is to think about when you're having conversations, we often waver in and out of different ones. So if with selective listening, we start picking up the bits we want or the bits that mean something to us or the bits that, as I said earlier, that sort of ping us or shock us a little bit that engage us. We hear often, so we hear part of the story, but not the whole story. Next one, attentive. Attentive listening is when you, you, you hear the words and you hear what's being said and you're focused, but often you don't quite hear what's being said behind it. For example, I was, you know, you can sort of go home and I say, well, I went home last night and my partner was there and uh, I said, oh, is dinner going to be ready soon? She said, oh, yes, it will be ready straight away for you. I thought, well, that's great, it's going to be ready straight away for me. That's very good. <laughs> Very happy, that's lovely. And then it was on the table, and I said, oh, well, you know, where's salt and pepper? And she said, oh, no, let me get it for you, I insist. I thought, Isn't that nice? She's insisting on getting it for me. So nice, you got me the salt and pepper. Oh, that's lovely. And then I was eating away, and then she came down, and she said, oh, that something had happened, and she had to leave, and she'd packed her bags. She said, I can't stay here anymore, I have to leave. But oh, she got to leave, so she better go. So off she went. Now, the attentive listening is I hear all the stuff that's happened there, but of course, none of the emotion or the drive or the meaning and the stuff that's going on underneath it. So that's attentive listening, is hearing the words. But the one we're thinking of is empathetic listening. So that's when you can engage the whole person to hear what they're saying. We're thinking of the questions we had and some of the problems that um, have been raised about people who are maybe being a gatekeeper not quite engaged with us. What's going on? How can we read what's going on? Obviously, it's about stuff about the body, about the tone, and about the words that they're using that start giving us the message of what is going on. What I'd like to do is just thinking about these different levels of listening. Work again in pairs, A's and B's. Um, a, I want you to talk about the sort of holiday you like to have without mentioning any destinations. Three minutes. At the end of three minutes, Bs, I'd like you to give three or four criteria that from that listening you have gauged they would choose their holiday on and then pick a destination. So if I was saying, oh, I like sun and I like beach and uh, I like diving or whatever and that's sort of holiday I like, that's the best holiday I've ever had, then you think, okay, what he wants is this, this and this, therefore I would suggest that you maybe go to the Caribbean or whatever. So A's and B's. A's are doing the talking first. B's are doing the listening. Listen carefully. Listen to what they say, the tone of how they say it. Look at their body language, what happens to their face when they talk about things that they love doing, whatever. Pick up the whole story. At the end of three minutes, um, oh, what were you doing? At the end of three minutes, uh, then give the criteria, I'll give a, sh a nod, give the criteria of what the holiday is, and then suggest a destination for them to go and see how right you are. Okay? How are we doing? Who, who made good suggestions? Who, who picked up on what was interesting? Yeah? Tell me about that.
So in terms of listening, thinking about how you pick up all those other signals and particularly start putting those pieces together when you're effectively listening to get all the detail out and start making suggestions that really work with people. Over here, um, Chris and Daniel got going to um, Mongolia, I think. Yeah, Chris is off to Mongolia. That answers all his... I, just, I was impressed that Mongolia came up as an answer. I was thinking, oh, I was trying to work out when I was working with Victoria, all the different things. Uh, Body language, just a bit brief thing about body language. Um, what was interesting that I noticed about Victoria was when she was very definite about something, your hands go down, so if it is something that's an absolute thing. She said, we can't, my, my, my partner won't like that, and they won't like that. And the <laughs> thing that we said, she said, she said I, want museums, I want museums, but I won't pay for them. <laughs> I won't pay to go in them. When there was, then, but I won't pay to go in them. Interesting, I won't pay to go in them. I mean, obviously, if they're really good, then I will. So yeah, palms up is definitely when we're taking information in. If you're working with somebody and you want to, if you're having a question with somebody you want to find out with something, keep your palms up, you'll engage them. If you're very clear about something, palms down, be quite specific. The people you're talking to, if they give you information, if they're saying, well, possibility you can come in. <laughs> no, I don't think there is. I don't think there is. If you're talking to somebody, the thing about body language is, for me, it's looking at people's feet, because your feet will always be pointing where they want to be. If you're having a conversation with somebody, and their feet are pointing towards the door, maybe what you're talking about needs to be quite short because they want to go. If you're engaged with somebody or you feel you're getting some rapport with somebody and their feet are pointing towards you, you know they're engaged and that's good. Um, if you want to look really relaxed with somebody, crossing your legs, leaning on something, legs crossed is always a good sign if you're talking to somebody that they're very relaxed and very comfortable with you. The, our body language comes from the limbic part of your brain and that's the, the fight, flight and freeze part of your brain. Um, and what your body language says is, are people sort of, are they comfortable with you or not? The legs crossed suggests you don't want to run away, you're very relaxed, there's no fight there, there's no flight there, you're very relaxed, which is why cross legs are very good. Feet pointing towards you want to get with anything that's kind of like in a starter position like that, they want to get away from as soon as they can. So legs will tell you an awful lot about what people are doing. Sometimes. Okay, yeah. Do I look, um, uh, what is it, do I look cross now? Do I look cross with you now? Do you think I, do, do, does, it, does it feel that I'm cross with you? Really, do I feel that I'm cross with you? Why, why am I cross with you? Why would I be cross with you? The thing about body language is, um, obviously people say, oh, if it's all crossed over, it's bad. If it's all open, then it's good. So we have this feeling that when we're meeting people, we should be standing like that <laughs> the whole time because that's the most open I can possibly be, therefore I'm going to engage them. Hi, I'd like to talk to you about my work. <laughs> so actually, that's sort of what we're saying. That's gonna work. But in terms of engaging people, you can be thinking, whoa, run away! Feet are going to be at the door straight away. Oh, that's very good. Thank you very much, run away. No, the thing about body language is to look at when body language changes. It's the change in body language rather than what the body language is. Sometimes people are just very comfortable with you listening to you like that. Not because they're angry with you or they don't want you to be there, but because actually just comfortable. So I'm nice here. This is very nice. I mean, nice chat with you. This is lovely. I'm not angry with you. I'm not disappointed with you. If you're talking to somebody and they're in that position and they do that while you're talking, then you've got, oh, that's not maybe quite so good. So the thing with body language is look at the changes that happen when the things that you say. When I work with um, 
uh, do some work with the army about um, how they can engage their troops and the work that they do. Uh, body reading body language is, is a key part of that. And it's looking for the changes, particularly, so there's, there's two things. There's the changes that people make. So if people do um, change their position while you're talking, Sometimes it can be just because they're uncomfortable, they want to move. Sometimes it can be a signal that they're thinking of something else. If they're talking to you <coughs> and they suddenly look towards the door, maybe the time is running out a little bit. You need to sort of think about where you're going. Uh, the other thing about body language is to look for, and things that, that we do um, when we're talking to people are, are pacifiers. It's when we're nervous, when we're uncomfortable, the things that we do to soothe ourselves. So if you are engaged with somebody, the best place really to be is just have your arms down by the side, just feel engaged, look somebody in the face and talk to them and say, this is what I'm doing. If you're free then, if you've got any thoughts that are coming through, your arms are free to engage somebody to talk about what you're doing and all is lovely. When we start getting nervous, we start soothing ourselves because we're nervous. And the way we soothe ourselves often is to stroke ourselves in some way. So all that is soothing things. Even child fiddling with his cuffs is soothing action. Any stroking at all, men, hands in the pockets, all soothing things. Because actually, I'm just feeling a little bit nervous, so, uh, so I'm just going to stroke myself a bit, because uh, then I feel a bit better. Particularly, touching the face, stroking the face is soothing things. The reason we do this is because we've got all those lovely arteries going through my chin. And when I massage my chin, it takes my blood pressure down. That's why we do it. Just relaxes us nicely. Very good. So when we're nervous about doing that, women particularly will not all that sort of stroking business there. Often it's a sign of just being a little uncomfortable. doing that, it's just a, just a sign that you're not maybe quite at ease. So thinking about when you engage people, just having arms down and just looking. The great thing about this is it leaves you free if you are talking about somebody for your arms to do whatever you want them to do to engage with them. Any thoughts about that? We've done listening, we've done some questioning. Basic sort of bumps that we are going to tie it all together at the end when we start using all the skills together so you can see if it didn't. Um, obviously, these are quite sort of um, bare, I suppose, skills. And I know that these skills, when you operate, when you're talking to people, will be fitted in with all the sort of the social stuff that goes around it. But I'm just making aware of, of how you can structure your meetings to make sure you get, you draw out of the information that you want. You listen carefully to the answers so that you can make sure that when you make whatever it is you're offering to them, you're going to be something that's going to fit in exactly what they want. The great thing about people feeling that they've been listened to is that they feel they've been listened to. They feel engaged. They feel you are interested in them. When we're approaching people with work, we've got what people want is, how can you help me? I've got this organization to run. I've got this money. I've got these research positions. I've got this, this exhibition space, whatever it is I've got. I've got, and I need to put the best in there. That's what I want. I want to draw the best people to me. Explain to me why you are the best person for it by finding out those questions, finding out what it is I'm looking for, what interests me, what my passion is, what remit I've got to fulfill, and from that seeing where you can fit in with all the stuff that you do. So we're just about questions of the listening. The one thing I just want to have a quick check on now is that people like to receive information in different ways. We often always deliver our information in the way that's comfortable for us to give it. And as a sort of, there's obviously, you've heard of Myers-Briggs and all those personality character sort of stuff. They're all lovely and they've got masses of research on it. Um, but for everyday use, they're not always necessarily great, particularly if you're meeting people you haven't met before to know what they are. So when you meet people, this is a simple sort of four, a quadrant of what people can be like. And then you can think about how you manage the information that you give. Because the skill in talking about your work is to deliver information to the person you're talking to in the way that they want to receive it rather than the way that's comfortable for you to give it. 
what we often do is I've got this, I'm passionate about this, so I will go and I'll splurge it all out because that's what I want to do, but the person may not want to receive it in that sort of way. And so they often can get turned off because they haven't, it's not being presented to them in the way that they want to absorb it. So the first thing to think about is Some people like stuff as big picture. They just want what the headlines are. Just the, the basic overall cover. They don't need all the detail. So that's the first thing to think about. Often when we've done a lot of research, is we've got a lot of detail, and we want to show that detail, because I've done all this work. Then when I was, you know, I was researching the program, when I've had meetings with my commissioning editor, I've done masses and masses of detail, and there's this person, there's this person, there's this fact, did you know this? And then we could look at that, and we could look at that, and actually all that detail was just being lost, because he didn't have very much time, and he wasn't really interested in that. He knew I'd done that work. What he wanted was the big picture stuff. The other, on the other axis, we have task composed. So we've got four diff roughly different types of people. I say this is all stuff that you is useful when I'm when I'm doing this stuff, when I'm talking to people, I gauge people using this so I can know how I can deliver information to the different people in the group. I know that in the group we'll have people probably in all four quadrants, so the style of the, of the, the delivery of my information will change in different ways as I'm doing it to make sure that I can deliver it to a way that you want to receive it and I keep everybody engaged while I'm doing it. So the task, big picture person, um, I call a driver. Those are often quite, um, what can I say, loud, to the point, what have you got? What is it? No, that won't work. What else is it? It's this. Fine. Okay. If I was um, a driver and you came to me saying, uh, I, need to get to, I need to get to London, what do I do? You go out here, you go to the station, you get a train, you're in London. They go every half hour. All right. That's it. Basic information, big picture. It's all about the task. I'm not particularly interested in you. That's not a bad thing. That's not because I don't like you or anything. It's actually because I focus on the task. In organizations, there's often drivers who are on steering committees. The great thing about drivers is if there's a task to be done, they will get it done. It's done by 5 o'clock. We'll have it done by 5 o'clock. Well, let's get it sorted out. And then bish, bash, bosh, get it all sorted out. The detail bit, maybe they're not so good at. The detail, we've got thinkers for those. Thinkers like the detail. In terms of energy, thinkers often energy is just a little bit lower. Uh, but when they're talking, they're very specific. So if I was... Um, Somebody asked me, and I was a thinker, how do I get to the station? Well, if you go out the front door, go down to ground, ground floor, out the front door, turn right, go down, you can get a taxi if you'd like to. It's quite a nice walk. So if you go down here, <laughs> down, and you can see the Ashton Moly Museum, if you take a right there, walk past the Oxford Playhouse, we've got Mies Julie on at the moment, which is really rather good. I think there's a show at 7.30 this evening, tickets are available. Uh, if you go down there, then you take a left, go through what like a market space and then you take a right, go down there and keep following that road around. You will go through a big large car park into the station. Ticket office is on the right as you go in. Trains go to London about every 30 minutes, I think. Uh, so if you've got there, it's probably about 20 minutes to get there now. <coughs> you get the pressures. Thinkers like detail. If we've done a lot of work, it could be there's a, thinker, there's a bit of a thinker in us. There's certainly a bit of a thinker in me that likes that detail. My, one of my best friends is a thinker. And 
anything is a just going anywhere. I remember sitting on the tube going somewhere once. It said, where are we going? It took the whole tube journey to know where we were going. Oh, I, got, I said, OK, you need to cut to the chase now because we're almost there. Oh, right, yes, 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 because the detail's important. The detail, well, now, two thinkers together, two thinkers together can talk and talk and talk, and they have the best time. If you approach somebody who's got a thinker mentality and the person who's thinker mentality, you'll talk for two hours, and you've only discussed the first page you'll, because all the detail is lovely. We love the detail. That's great. Um, and then over on the other side, uh, the person, the big picture, entertainer, here. So in terms of poaching on the person side, the task people are focusing on the task, on the job, what is the task, what needs to be done, what are the specifics of this. So we can I mean, I often think of it as being like a piece of paper that we've got. So that's the task, we're discussing it. The, big, the, 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 the driver's going to be like, that's what we need to do, we've got to be done by five o'clock. If you get it sorted out, that's great, let me know. The thinker's going to be like, right, five o'clock, that, that means we have... Okay, we've got an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, actually, we've only got 20 minutes. We've got 20 minutes, okay. So uh, we need to break it down. So they, all the details get sorted out. Thinkers may take longer to do something, but if they do it, they've probably done it right. If you ask the thinker a question, they'll give you a longer answer, but you can guess the answer's gonna be right. Ask a driver a question, they'll give you an answer straight away. It may not be right, but if it's not <laughs> quite right, they'll have the energy to sort it all out when it gets to be sorting out. So that's the task focus. On the other side, you have more of a people-focused thing. So these are people who are interested first and foremost, in the personal relationship they're having and then the work that gets done. So these people, it's about the task, we work on this task together, isn't it great? The people bit comes first. The other people is, who am I working with? I'm having a good time. Let's get the job done. Uh, so the entertainer here, uh, big picture stuff, entertainers is often, you know, it's, I'm a bit of an entertainer at times, it's kind of being quite loud, it's all about me, it's all about me. Entertainers have really high energy, if you've got an entertainer in your team, you'll know they're the ones that crack all the jokes, often at the wrong time, they're the ones that come in and liven everything up, they're always there, you know if they're in the building because they've got all that energy and all that fun that's going on, so it's all about them, so that's great. Um, and then down here, then, uh, person and detail is an attentive. These are people who are in the organization. What's important for them is the detail of the relationship. So for them, it's important about how they get on with you as individuals. Attentive to the people when you arrive in the morning and they say, how are you? They'll wait for the response. They'll be interested in the response. They'll listen to the response. A driver, how are you? Yeah, fine. They disappear out there. You good? Yeah, fine. Actually, my head exploded this morning. Oh, whatever. Fine, moving further on. But no, an attentive is going to be there because they're going to interest, be interested in building the relationship with you. For them, the interpersonal relationships are very important. Again, often slightly lower energy, but within a team, great within team members because they really bond well, they work well with other people, they're interested in other people, they're interested in what their needs are, and they build those very strong personal relationships. So thinking about the information that you've got and how you engage with these people, particularly sort of opposites, is if you've got a driver, you've got someone over there, and you come to them with a lot of detail, what's going to happen? Just not going to be interested. I mean, even if they are interested, you'll you'll bore it out of them because actually, the, for me, the big picture people, these are sort of the people that you can have a meeting with standing up. If people have an entertainer in their team, I always say have a meeting with them standing up because they've got all that energy anyway, so they can't quite stand still. You can get to the point straight away, which they'll love. It's all about them. Focus bomb we've got. The drivers are the same. What we're going to get done when we need it? Right, okay, get that sorted out. Yeah, I think I can do that. That'll work. Okay, fine, off. 
thinkers are going to want to sit down. Thinkers, particularly, are going to want lots of backup reference information. Thinkers, if they ask for it, they want some information from you, they're going to love that. If you don't, if you think you're meeting somebody who you spoke to on the phone and the energy is quite low and they've got lots of information going on, then make sure you take it because they'll be love it. Oh God, they'll love it. If you've got a big file for them to look at and all that, all the research, all the sit all laid out, that'll that'll really give them a buzz. Think, okay, oh, oh God, yes. Let me just go through this and see where this fits in with what we're doing. So thinkers want all that detail and attentives are going to want to have at the start of the meeting a real bit of rapport building. How are you doing? How, how's your day? You all right? All that sort of stuff at the beginning is very important to attentives. My best friend is Uber driver. Whenever he sends me emails, it's just in the subject box now. I've noticed he doesn't even write an email. It's just in the subject box. You will be there at three o'clock. I'll be there at three o'clock. That's fine. Or just three o'clock. Two. That's it. There's nothing else to say. Yeah, fine. That's fine. Lovely. Go there. Um, Leah, who I work with at Fiverr, is a real attentive. Uh, she prefers not email, she prefers to be the phone, the phone's always going like, oh, how are you, are you all right, how's it going? Oh, yeah, and how are you, Leah, are you good? Oh, yes, blah, 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 blah. And we do two or three minutes on all that kind of connection stuff. The means is, because I know I can then flick a switch, if with, with Terry, my friend, if I did that, oh, how's it going in an email, he'd be scanning through, what's the point of this, he doesn't want it. <laughs> Where are we? I'm fine, you'll see me, oh, that's three o'clock, fine, that's what I wanted to know, don't waste my time. So if you're thinking about who you're communicating, who you're working with, how are you going to deliver the information you've got in the way the other person wants to receive it, rather than the way that we're comfortable with? I say this particularly because when we're under stress, when we're under pressure, if you're meeting somebody, if you've got, you're, you're, you've got a pitch opportunity, you're going in to talk about your work, we get nervous, we get under stress, and that's the time we're more likely to revert to our type. Now, if you're meeting somebody who's a similar type to you, then you're going to be delivering information in the same way, and that's going to be great. Lovely, it'll work. But it could be that you're going to be meeting somebody who just has a slight preference in a different way of how they receive the information. So if that's the case, how can we, if you meet somebody, how can you work out roughly how they're, what sort of style they're going to like? What could you do? Yeah, what they like, yeah. Beforehand, if anybody knows him, what's he like? I'd say, say high energy, full on, whatever. I had a brief chat with Pip and a bit of an email conversation before coming here. Doing, top spotlight. Um, but I just knew in terms of energy and detail, it's down here. She sent me a very nice email telling me where I should go. When I got here, she was outside saying, um, oh, is he here? She's gone looking for me. A driver would be kind of like, yeah, it's up the Woodstock Road. If you ask a ta taxi driver, get him to go there. It's a new building. We're off, we're, I will be in there somewhere. Ask downstairs. And then I would be, and then you'd probably come in with a driver five past. So don't, rather than half past three, three thirty-five. Sorry, I'm late. Just been rushing around. Anyway, do crack on. Uh, but no, Pip was there with a lot. Of, she got the detail and very attentive. So I've got, you know, in terms of thinking about how I work with Pip is down here. I need to make sure that actually thinking about it, I came with all the bits of paper that I sorted out because I knew that was kind of going to be important to get that sorted out in order to deliver all that. So it's just about. You can get signals really very quickly. When I'm teaching here, what I'm doing this sort of stuff, I know drivers will take the headlines of what I'm talking about, then they'll sit back and they'll look a bit bored because they've got the bit they want. They're not, there's nothing rude, it's not, they're not unhappy. It's just, okay, I've got the bit of information that I want. 
now I can just sit back and wait for the next bit of information that I want, and that comes onto that spread that's good. And they'll probably make a few notes, they'll take stuff away with them so they can use it as it goes. But they just want the big picture stuff. Whereas more detaily people, uh, Fiona, I noticed that you write a lot of stuff down. So even when I said, just tell me about your name, your job, and what you love about your world, you made little notes before you had because you wanted to make sure you got it logically sorted out, it was all there, and what, what you're going to say was going to be precise. And the great thing about thinkers is, if they do tell you something, what they're telling you, you're pretty sure is going to be accurate because they'll have thought it all down, they'll wrote it all out, got the sentence all down, they just know it. It's perfect, lovely, we're there. And the way to get thinkers really irritated is to start saying, do something now. So, but I can't, I can't, I can't. So if you're meeting somebody and they're a thinker and you start demanding answers from them, well, I can't give you an answer yet because I need to reflect. Yeah, I need to reflect, I need to sit back, I need to think about what's going on. And so you just give them a bit of time. And the, thing with a thinker, the great thing with a thinker is just not to be talking all the time. Be quiet and say, so, so what are you thinking? I mean, thinkers are great. That question, what are you thinking, is great. Attentive to what you're feeling. What you, how do you feel about my work? If they've got that, you know that they've got that very warm quality when you've moved. So you've told all this, this sort of thing I want to do, I understand what you're working on. What, what, how, how do you feel about that then? may need a bit more information. Lovely, you find it all out. Thinkers, well, we'd need this, 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 and this. Drivers, well, I'll ask, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, leave, leave it with me. And that's not being rude, that's not being dismissive in any way, that's, that's how they absorb and that's how they use information. Big chunks, which they kind of chunk and they move around. Entertaining is gonna be if you can say something that makes them look good and they're doing, then that's lovely. Yay, Flanders. Um, and that's an entertainer. So think about how then you can deliver your information in a way that's going to be comfortable for the person to receive it. Any questions about that? We're all thinking, <gasps> what am I? <gasps> what am I? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, oh, uh, interesting, the thing that's interesting about this is conflict. If you think of somebody who you don't get on with, conflict happens across the diagonal because you, you don't share anything in common. So if you're a thinker, entertain is a big picture in person and your task and detail, so there's conflict there. Thinkers just think entertainers are fools, it's all too loud and too jokey and not serious at all. Entertainers just think they're just boring because you're just sitting reading your book, writing a list out and not getting on with it. Drivers and attentives, drivers come and take it all so personally. Let's just get it done. I'm not shouting. <laughs> attentives is they just they just don't think about they just don't think about the fact that we have to work in a team, we've got important things to deliver, and you just can't be like that. You have to give people time. It's important. So that, that's where the conflict happens. People I don't get on with, if, I, if, I'm do, if I'm working with somebody, if I'm doing some coaching, and I'm not getting on with I think, hmm, there's something going on here. Let's have to think about how I can just tweak the information so I can do that. I met an Uber driver yesterday, an Uber driver, in a way that she walked through the door, and I thought, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, what are we doing here then? Ooh, that'd be nice. Uh, so yeah, so you can spot that. So thinking of people you work where are they on here? Colleagues. Think of colleagues that you get on with very well. It's based on the sort of whole Myers Briggs research. So, roughly speaking, um, entertainers is the minority, and this is pretty much evenly split with the rest. I wouldn't want to give. It just seems to be that there's few, slight, it's not, it's not an enormous amount, um, but it's sort of about five, 10% less of these and the rest then evenly split between those three. Entertainers, it's just, it's that energy, personality, being loud, the joke in the classroom. Often, there's, you'll have two or three jokes in a classroom of 20 or 30. 
so it's sort of the, there's a sort of minor one. No. Yeah, there's a disc one or inside model that is. Yeah, the red one is the drive, yeah. Yeah. Sensitive. It's all based, all those, all those different um, character stuff is all based on the same research. So it all comes down to this. What I find useful about this is I do it this way because I just think it's useful. You can just think if I'm talking to somebody and they're up here, just shorten the sentences, keep it punchier. For instance, if I'm doing the, the questioning here, my questioning bit is going to be much shorter up there. Entertainment's going to be much more about them. The driver's going to be just questions about, so what is it you need to get done here? What's your program going to be? When do you make decisions about that? Tell me a bit about that sort of style. If I could, you know, if you want, if I could work, if I was going to work with you, what specifically would you then want with me? How would that work? What could I deliver for you that's going to be good? Short questions. Short the question, always the longer the answer. You get that information. Whereas I know down here, attentive is going to be much more time thinking. So, so just tell me about how it's working here. What's good? What, what, you, what have you done here that's been really pleasing to you? What's really worked? How do you measure your success? All that stuff about what, how the effect is on people, how people work, how it all works together, the rewards everybody's getting from the work you're doing. Just means that you can just steer what you're doing in a way that's going to fit with the person who's, who possibly is going to be able to support you doing. Any other thoughts? Um, you can, and for me, it's about self-awareness of I'm getting wound up because they're just, and actually that is just me, because there's a lot of people in the room will be loving what they're doing. Uh, and thinking about just tailoring their, your information when you give to them. But there's also a fair enough question to say to them, um, listen, I've just kind of just, um, you give me just a bit too much information. Can you just, can we just, when you're talking to me, can we just sort of curtail it? Um, I had a researcher called Emma Cotton. Emma Cotton was the best researcher I've ever had because she was fantastic on the phone. I mean, just fantastic. We wanted to do some filming at Porton Downs, um, the government top secret laboratory, and nobody ever gets in there. And she talked us in there, and I heard her on the phone thinking, I would be, I'd be tying my grandmother now up in a knot and dispatching her to you, if you ask me, because you're just so fantastic on the phone. However, the thing with Emma was, she was down here in the attentive stuff, all that real great relationship stuff, she was brilliant at, but when she was telling a story, it just went on and on and on. <laughs> so we, got, we just said, we, we all agree, listen, when you're doing that, what we're going to say is, cut to the chase, Emma, cut to the chase. Not in pubs, just cut to the chase. Would, oh, right, no, do, yeah, say that, that's good, that's good, then you tell me, tell me. And so she'd go on and we'd look at her and she'd go, Chase, yes, so anyway, and so you just get that. You just, it's just, just being aware if you if you get on with them, what a time you are getting good, a social, whatever, it's just saying, Listen, I've just been thinking about how we work together, and I kind of like this, and you like that. So, what I'll try and do is be a bit more like that for you. But if you could be a bit like that for me, that'd be great. And with the thinker, when you're going on, I will say cut to the chase, and that's nothing personal, just because I kind of want the punch right. I wonder if like scary driver, scary driver. <laughs> It's different with drivers because their, their energy is very full on. Yeah. The thing to remember with a driver is it isn't personal. It really isn't personal. It can, it feel, particularly if you're down here, it always feels it, but when somebody's kind of like being in your face, it does feel it, but it really isn't. There's, I, you know, I, there's a, a bit of driver to me as well, which I can see myself slip into at times. And then I can see people sort of getting slightly offended or upset or whatever, and I think, oh, I didn't mean that. 
and then drivers get very sort of wound up or because they've upset you. I didn't mean to upset you. I wasn't shouting. I was just, what? what? This gets even worse because they've got you all upset and actually they didn't mean to get you upset. They just say, it's got to be done by five o'clock and we have five minutes. So do it. Don't look at me. Just do it. Just get it. Do all that thing. Do it. Do it. Do it. Like, don't shout at me. Don't shout at me. Ask me nicely. So with the driver, just remember that. And then just, just maybe with the driver again, so just saying, you know, you are quite full on. I'm quite quiet. If you could just ratchet it down to a five when you're talking to me, that would be great. So if, I, if you're having a chat and I go five, that's all I'm saying. Okay, quite fine, yeah, so you better. A five, please, oh yeah, good. We've got somebody I work with and we, and we always say, Duh, Esther, you've got your mic switched on. Because sometimes it's just so loud. You turn your mic off, please. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, just bring that up. When someone's communicating to you, as you may know this, um, in terms of percentages of the information that you're getting from me now as I talk to you, how much is coming through my body, how much is coming through my tone of voice, and how much is coming through the words, as you make your sense of, of everything that I'm saying, how, what percentage is body, what percentage is tone, what percentage is words, do you think? Guess, give us some guesses. 65. So that would tone and body, how do you split that up? 50? That leaves 25 for body. How do you feel about that? No, I find my tone and body. So we've got either 450, 25. Okay. Any any other any advances on that? We're going to be lower. Okay. Foot down to 10. 40, 40, 20. Oh, 40, 40. <laughs> 20, okay. So we're hovering around sort of between 10 and 25 there. We've got between 25 and 50, 20 to 40 there. There was a guy called um, Merabian who was a professor at UCLA actually in the 70s. He did a lot of research, questionnaires, worked out what the, what the effect was. And we found that in terms of giving information, 55% came through the body, 38% came through the tone, and 7% comes from your words. When you've done the masses of work that you've done, the, 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 in the, the, the temptation when we're communicating is to rely all on the words. The words will convince you, the words will engage you, the words will speak for themselves. And actually, it's how you present yourself, how you sound, and how you can deliver information to the person you have that's going to swing it. Those are the bits that will build rapport with the person you're with in order to engage them, rather than just the bald fact of the words that you have said. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. I, it's email can be fabulous in some extent, but also it can be it can be the death because you miss all the stuff, all the engaging stuff here, all the energy, all the stuff, everything, the variance from the, the things that people bring as human beings. Tone can be misconstrued in an email. That's the thing, particularly. I, you know, I've just, I'm sort of slightly obsessed with them. I read them after thinking, how does that sound? Oh. For instance, with email now, because I know I'm more big picture stuff, I always try and start an email with, hi, how are you? How's it going? Just in case if I've got somebody on the people side, I want to make sure I tick that off. I don't do too much, but I want to acknowledge it. And also that just hopefully sets up a tone that is, hi, how are you doing? Nicer, rather than like, I want this, I want this, I want this. Me, 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 me. But if she's a, if she's a driver, 
she probably doesn't think she's barked. Because that's how she is. She doesn't, she's not being rude. She's just telling you, I want this, I want this, I want this, and I want this. Hey. <laughs> and all we hear is, oh, don't shout at me, love. Yeah. That's true, yeah. But that's it. So she's, she's not here. She's, she's exactly. But she's, 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 for her, the tone of that is friendly all the way through. She would be mystified to think that you would see that and think, what, what, what do you mean? I just said what needs to be done. I put a smiley face at the end. Hmm. Make sure you're all right. Okay. Pushing on. We've got just last half an hour left. There's just one, one exercise I want to do before we move on. And that is when I was making programs, um, we had, I had to come up with ideas and I had to pitch them. And we've got some uh, scenarios for you to look at or you can work with your own stuff you're doing when we do a, a bit of work in a minute. Um, and one of the best bits of information I had, which I thought of when I was thinking of coming here today, was um, when I was coming up with a program idea, was to write down what would it say in the Radio Times? Because actually in the Radio Times, which is a magazine, it's a TV listing those of you not in the UK, it's a, it's a magazine of TV listings, all things are not. And so you have all different channels, and it has the title of the program, and you get a sentence, maybe two short sentences, but no more than that, to describe what the program is about. And from that, people make a decision about whether they're going to tune in, which is why in television now it's really important to have a great title, because the title is probably what for people clicking through all the different stuff that's on. You're sitting there, which has got um, satellite television, zapping down, you see all those titles come up and you pick on the one that you want. That's how we make our decisions. So think of the work that you're doing, and this may feel uncomfortable, but I want you to just have five minutes, think about the work that you're doing, give it a title and a sentence that describes it. So what would your, what would your work say in the Radio Times? Because that's in the end, after all the meetings that you've had, that is sort of the bit that someone can retain with them. If you don't think about giving it a title and a little Radio Times plug, they probably will. They'll make their decision for them. Oh yeah, we saw Anna. Oh yeah, Anna, she's, you know, she's um, Barcelona this. That's it. Because actually they've given you the title there and that's, that's what they're going to be doing. They actually work out what it is. So thinking for you, what is your Radio Times listing for your work? The stuff that you're pitching for whatever it is that you want to get um, some workers, some, some some support with, what would you put in as your Radio Times listing? Have a think, have a chat with the person next to you, either side of you, and just see if that makes sense. Clear to the point we know what it is. So actually in terms of introducing yourself, talking about what you're talking about, that gives a very clear information of it. So I think you've done some work on personal narratives, haven't you, prior to this? This is where some of that may come in because it's a bit that's about you that engages us about who you are to be inspired by the work that you're doing. Uh, so we've, done, we've covered thinking about questioning and about listening effectively. So you, if you can draw out when you're selling rather than bashing on the head with the balloons, you're drawing information out about what they're looking for, what's important to them, what they need. Therefore, what have I got? How does that fit in with them? By effective listening and questioning from that, you get a real clear picture of what it is they're doing with the questions about the holidays. You were listening to that. You were seeing what was going on and making connections and coming up with some really interesting stuff. We thought about how you can flex your style. So you've got all this information when you engage something. How do I fix that style in the way that's going to engage with the person that I'm with? So I've got the questioning and the answering and the people then I can engage so I can make sure I deliver it to them, that they're going to be comfortable receiving it. We've thought about how we can sort of encapsulate somehow. Well, we started thinking about how you can encapsulate your work um, to um, sort of just give it um, 
a title, really, or, or a lid, or, or, or a, a bag, or some sort of hold all that people can get hold of it and understand what it is they're talking about. So they can just connect with you because, like, okay, that's interesting. It doesn't have to describe specifically what it is. Um, I think that you, uh, Hannah, had um, uh, sort of a more sort of thing about recycling was not necessarily absolutely descriptive, but what sort of Susan was saying was sort of drawing you into what it was. Um, so it's thinking about that. So what I'd like to do, just, just to finish off with, we've got 20 minutes left, is thinking about how we can draw all this together. So working in pairs, um, I've got some scenarios here which I'll hand out just in case you want to use one of these. If not, think about the work that you are doing, a meeting you may have coming up um, when you want to be able to talk about your work, if you've got a purpose, if it's something that you want, some way of engaging someone. So I'll give you 10 minutes just so you can plan. What I'd like you to do is think about how you're going to introduce yourself, so saying your name, your job, um, or what your area of research, whatever you're doing, thinking about the title that you've got, and then going into just giving us a brief overview of what it is, and then the questioning. So the person you're with playing whatever role it is of the person you're selling to, and then you asking them questions. And we can just role play along to give some answers and see how you can use that information to then start building some rapport, listening effectively, and then building in the work that you've got, the stuff that you know, into the answers that you're receiving. Does that make sense? I'll write some of this on there. So, so your introduction is going to be your name, the sort of work you're doing, just thinking about giving a title of what it is that you do so you can introduce what the subject is going to be, and then asking the person about the organization they're with, what they're looking for, what's useful to them, so that you can think about tailoring your work to what is being, what the possibility is. So you're, ask, you're asking rather than telling about your work. Your tell comes later on. Okay, we've got five minutes left. Sorry to uh, draw that bit to a close. Just grab your seats again. We'll just um, have a quick sum up about how we've got on. No impact. No impact at all. Hit with the invisible seat, yeah. Okay, and we're driver engages there, very good. Back to okay. How was that? What worked? What was the good stuff? What worked with that exercise when you were talking? Well, how was the open question? Did you manage to do some open questions? How difficult, it's, weird, it's weirdly difficult. We do all this about not doing that business and somehow when we get to it, we get so engaged with all that stuff and we realize all we're doing is this. This is what I can do, this is, these are solutions I can come with you. I could do this for you, I could do that for you, I could do this for you, I could do that for you. Well, that's lovely, but I may not want that. Yeah. No. Yeah, get in there. What is the information? Make sure you can, you can give it clearly. Absolutely, yeah. Short open questions for a driver. Would short, the shorter the open question, the longer the answer, the more information you get from it. Talking to Victoria, just saying, you know, when you meet somebody for the first time, you go, hey, how's your day going? You'll get all the information about how they like information from that response. Drivers, yeah, it's fine. Um, as painters, you all get, it's, you know, it's been quite a nice day. It's very hot today, though, isn't it? Not very nice. Well, you're a bit hot. Are you okay? You comfortable? Good, thanks, Lee. Just worried about that. Um, so, yeah, you get all that information just from that, and you think about how you're going to deliver the information. But open questions, really, because, you know, I could spend, you know, with people that I work with, I often spend a day on open questions. 
There's an exercise you can practice with your friends, which is having a conversation where you can only ask them an open question. Open questions draw information. You get all sorts of stuff from that. You can then start thinking about how I shape what it is that I've got to you that's going to be interesting you want. The balloon thing, I use the balloons. I don't know whether I hand the balloons out. There's a lot of online. Balloons. But because this image being bashed on the head, I want you to keep when you're having a conversation. Because what happens is if the conversation's not going very well, we do it even more. We get into panic mode. This, but I've done all this work. This is what I'm doing. Listen, listen to me, listen to me. And of course, people just back off. It doesn't work. Draw the questions out. Asking, not selling, is how you're going to, asking, not telling, is how you're going to get the sort of information that you can engage with somebody. We've covered various bits and pieces this afternoon. What has been useful for you? What one thing do you think you could take away from today? Let's start this time. Thank you very much for this afternoon. I've had a lovely time. I hope you have as well. Um, if you've got any questions, ask Pips. You can get in touch with me. I'm more than happy to um, give you any more information or stuff. But thank you very much for coming along this afternoon. You're welcome. You're more than welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you.